You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 19 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line the editor of the Toolstation Western League bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm not bad. Are you feeling festive? Uh, we haven't got a tree up yet, so I'll probably go with no rather than yes. Maybe this time next week I'll, I'll probably give you a yes. How about right, you? Right, well, I have got a tree up. Well, there we go. You're ahead of the game. Yeah. I certainly am. And uh, we got that tree on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I managed to fulfil my fatherly duties just in time for the 3 o'clock kickoff at wow. Nursted Road, where Devizes Town um, took on... Crystal Telephones, and I know that's one of the games that we should be talking about later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also enjoyed a festive Christmas lunch oh. with the uh, with some of the some of the good people from the Tool Station Western League on on Sunday. So um, you know, I'm 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 feeling incredibly festive and incredibly Western League. I'm I'm on message oh, and looking fair. forward to another fantastic podcast. We have got a really good podcast for you this week. Uh, from the Premier Division, we will be hearing from the manager of Helston Athletic, a man who uh, many of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with, not least from the excellent work on uh, Piran Films and on social media. It is Mr Steve Massey will be joining us and for the first time. And um, for the second time this season, we'll be hearing from Joe White, the manager of Almondsbury. Now, why on earth would we be interested in hearing from Almondsbury, a, a team that you know, has been toiling away at the wrong end of the first division. Well, that's because they had a rather seismic result this week. And I'm sure many of you will know what that is already, but we will be covering that later in this week's episode. But we're going to kick things off with the fixtures on Saturday, the 4th of December. And we'll start off in the Premier Division, Buckland Athletic against Ilfracombe Town. And uh, it was the away fans that went home happy here, Tom. It was, yeah. Couple of uh, couple of Devon sides meeting in this one. It was uh, yeah, it was uh, Ilfracombe who ran out three-one winners. It's a pretty hectic start to the game. Uh, Jack Langford scoring after just uh, five minutes uh, for the away side, but that was that was soon cancelled out. Uh, been a matter of moments, in fact, by Levi Landricum. So uh, he levelled the scores for for Buckland pretty early on. So uh, yeah, both teams both teams starting with 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 good intent. Uh, but it was uh, Ilfracombe who went back in front towards the end of the. The first half, and that was Joe Barker scoring uh, and two one up. Uh, and then, yeah, it was uh, their top. Well, their, I think it was top scorer, uh, Liam Shaw. He wrapped up the uh, they wrapped up the win 15 minutes from time. So uh, a pretty pretty impressive win, uh, Ilfra Coombe going down to down to Homer's Heath and, and coming away with the three points. Yeah, real statement of intent there, because Buckland, as we know, have been um, back on form this season. So uh, yeah, no mean feat there from Ilfra Coombe. Hats off to them. Uh, we'll move on to Clevedon Town where the visitors were Exmouth Town. Again, two sides that, you know, really we expect to be winning most weeks. And um, this was a slightly closer run affair than the last one, Tom. It was indeed, yeah, decided in the uh, the closing stages. Um, and it was Exmouth who, uh, yeah, eventually prevailed by three goals to two. So uh, another another away side winning, which was, was quite a trend on, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, Robbie Powell, uh, he made a, a pretty good start to the game uh, for, for the away side. He saved a, saved a Mitch Osman penalty after just eight minutes. So uh, he could have, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much, well, kept it kept it goalless, but not for long. Uh, Clevedon, uh, yeah, push, pushed on after, uh, despite that miss. And, uh, yeah, went, went 
well, kept the pressure off, as I said, and got the goal that their early dominance pretty much deserved. And that was Freddie King. So he made it 1-0 after 11 minutes or so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they managed to regroup Exmouth and uh, Jordan Harris, uh, pulling them level. He's one of the top scorers uh, this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, they did strike again. I think this might be a, a name of the day. Uh, potentially ace high, uh, not oh. not his first not his first goal of the season, but uh, yeah, first time he might have popped up on the podcast I think this this season, and uh, yeah, he put them put them put them two one up, uh, but it was uh, yeah Clevedon uh, managing to to come from behind in this one, and they claimed an equaliser through Cameron Salmon, another pretty decent name, yeah, a bit fishy, and uh, but <laughs> but it was Exmouth who uh, Exmouth who yeah as I say prevailed, and it was uh, Denny firing home Aaron Denny that is uh, firing home. Uh, later on, uh, from outside the area to hand Exma for three points. I don't suppose we know if um, Salmon, you know, rose at the far post to uh, oh. to score his for his goal, do we? I would imagine all of his goals come in that form. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't normally go name of the week this early, do we? But when uh. you've got a footballer called Ace High, it's very difficult not to sort of doth your cap because that is one hell of a name, isn't it? I mean, whether it's, you know, a little bit of Mel Gibson in Maverick there, one for the card sharks, or, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, with a name like that could be, you know, could be a little bit of, you know, DC action, you know, a bit of Suicide Squad. Um yeah. There you go, just to prove I'm down with the kids, right? I'm really am going to stop talking now because um, this is the Tool Station Western League podcast. Um, we are going to move on to you know one of the biggest games we've had this season, if not arguably the biggest game this season. I think probably if this was happening at the end of the season, you'd expect it to be almost a six point decider um, for the team that would finish top of the Premier Division. As it's happened. In December, both sides will obviously know that they still have an awful lot of work to do, which is probably good news for the visitors. Tavistock were at home to Bitten. Only one goal in this game, Tom. Was was a very tight affair, and it was Tavistock who, uh, yeah, who came out on top. Uh, pretty feisty, I think. There was, a, there was quite a few cards and whatnot floating around. Some big tackles going in, I believe. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah. So it was a well a battle that the the top two. Uh, pretty much had promised. I think it's the first time they met this season. That it was Tavistock, you know, the Lambs, who came out with the victory. It, they did it the hard way, though. Uh, Tavistock keeper Josh Oak managing to to save an early penalty. Um, so obviously that would have yeah very much put bit on the front foot, of course. But uh, it wasn't to be. And uh, yeah, Tavistock used that to, uh, to 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 pull off the win. Uh, it was a bit of momentum gained from that. And Dan Coiter uh, pulling the ball back for Liam Prin. And uh, at the moment he's not missing, is he? Uh, he's uh, yeah putting in putting in a, a lot of good shifts for them, a lot of, lot of match-winning performances, and that was that was the case again on on Saturday. So Prin's single goal uh, leading Tavistock to a one-nil win over Bitten. Still plenty of water to go under the proverbial mm, bridge mm. between those two sides, but um, I think it would be fair to say that Tavistock have drawn first blood in that particular competition, and we will finish things in the Premier Division at Wellington, where the visitors were high-flying Helston Athletic. They were, and uh, yeah, they came from behind. Uh, good, good second half performance from them to 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 claim a three-one win. Uh, Wellington, uh, Theo Simpson, he's uh, yeah starting to make a name for himself for, for the home side. He he put the put them one 0 up after after 31 minutes. He'd already gone gone close on a couple of occasions. So I think he's uh, yeah proving to be quite a quite a, a, a threat for them. And uh, he made it one 0 at the break, uh, but Helston managed to. To come through in the second half, uh, the corner shout. Uh, Billy Tucker, uh, they drew, managed to draw them level. Uh, and then the same man scored again from the spot after a foul on Stu Bowker. And it was, uh, yeah, those two linked up again 12 minutes from time. Uh, Tucker turning provider this time, putting the ball on the plate for Bowker. 
uh, you complete the scoring. So a 3-1 win and a good turnaround from Helston away at Wellington. Absolutely. And we've really, we've enjoyed talking about Helston um, this season. We've enjoyed watching their video highlights even more. And uh, really, it was well overdue that we got a chance to speak to their enigmatic manager, Steve Massey. And I started off my conversation with Steve by um, asking what he's made of life in the Toolstation Western League since Houston's promotion from last season. Life, life is good at the moment. Uh, results have been results have been good. Um, the experience has been really, really good, and nothing, and nothing what I expected to be perfectly honest. Really, um, the what, what I have found the people that um, we have met uh, that we go to meet new people, even like at, at uh, Wellington, where you know let's let's be let's be honest that the the facilities are are okay, um, but the people it's the people that make. Um, Make, make these football clubs and certainly in the Western League really in this Western League I've, I've, I've found that um, nothing but to praise nothing but really good good guys in the Western League and that's been the biggest the biggest sort of um, experience for, for us um, that um, we've, we've met we've met so many nice people nice, nice people the Western League is obviously a league that you are familiar with and we'll sort of talk a little bit about your own footballing background hopefully a bit later in the in the podcast but I mean does the Western League that you find t- today how does it um, compare with the Western League that you're familiar with? Do you mean do you mean sort of um, there's, there was this there's this myth down in Cornwall that um, oh, all the teams going into the Western League they're, they're all big big lads and they're all big physical boys and they're all sort of six foot two giants and, and things is that with, with, is do you mean something like that? Because well, I, I mean, that's that's a very insightful answer. Um, I was thinking more along the lines of the standard of football because, um, you know, I think a lot of the people I speak to on the podcast think that actually the standard is as good as it's been for a very long time. And um, I just wondered about, about what you make of the standard at this level. Yeah, I, I would say that's just spot on. I, I can't... The games that I've, that I've seen, and, and certainly we made the, we made the point um, of going to see as much as we could um, i.e., we were away with uh, with the, with the Pyram Films, who I'm associated with, with those away days. We saw the semi-final uh, and the final um, of, of the Les Phillips Cup, um, and I and I thought the standard was very very high then. And I have have to say that um, there isn't that the, there hasn't been a, an, an easy an easy game. E- even the Bridport game, right at the start of the season, um, for for 20, 20 minutes, there wasn't a lot in it at all. Um, in fact, we took the lead, and then they equalised with an absolute. Um, I think when they had the, the goals of the season, that's got to be right up there with it as well. The, the boy hit it from about I don't know thirty yards, and it was a screamer um, to equalise. And to be fair, they they were uh, they were uh, they they were a, a decent side for sort of ha- half an hour. Um, but um, every, every, every game we've played has has been really 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 close. I mean. The uh, the Wellington side on on Saturday, um, from where we've come from, and um, where we would we would gear ourselves up for uh, in the Southwest Peninsula, we would gear ourselves up for maybe three or four games that we knew oh, was, was going to be a real real toughy games, uh, and then the personalised half the team could have a little off day, um, and we would still still win win the game. This this that standard where we're playing now is um, everybody has to be really really on it. Um, and even at um, we, we've let slip two nil three nil leads. Even the Caneship, we were five two up against five two up against Caneship and let and let it let it slip to draw five all. Um, so certainly there, there, are, there are not any games. 
things at all that are that give me. I say that they know the the Bridport and the such lovely, lovely people down there, uh, and the enthusiasm they show. They, they show I really, really wish them well. Um, but um, I think they're going to try and find it hard, and confidence must be very, very low. But but um, bearing that, the, the rest of the sides can all give you a good game, and that's um, and that's made for a, a really, really exciting um, uh, campaign. And and I'm looking at the league table and think that anybody, anybody in that top seven, eight at the moment um, could could finish in the could finish in the top two. Well, you're looking at the league table and I'm looking at the league table and you're up to fourth. You've only lost once. I mean, that's not a bad start to the season, is it? Oh, we're absolutely thrilled to bits. And you look at those, um, I think we've drawn six. Is it drawn six? I think we have. Um, And I would say that perhaps two of them, um, two, possibly maybe three, three were, 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 you could say, yeah, okay, fair result, drawn games. But certainly, certainly in three, four, four of the games, we have... We have just gifted gifted the opposition that should have gone on and, and won it, and we consider that sort of points dropped. Um, but we're very, very, very happy. If you said, if you said to me at the start of this season, and particularly going into a little bit of the unknown, even before our Bridport game away first, to say um, coming into December, sec- second week in December, coming up to Christmas time, would you be all right just losing one game? I would have said yes, absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. We are. We're uh, thrilled, thrilled to bits as a club. And I think we've we've sort of evolved as a, as a team as well. Certainly as a club. Certainly, as a, as a club, we have we 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 have evolved, um, and um, we're really, really enjoying it, loving it. Now you've got three difficult games coming up. You've got Exmouth, you've got Shepton Mallet, and of course Mousel as well. I mean, how important are these games? Do you think in the context of your season? It's going to give us a real, real good pointer, a real yardstick to to again um, what we need to do. We we said. Um, the chairman and I, we, we spoke, and my senior senior players and coaching staff, and said, you know, let's we're going into a little bit unknown. We feel we have a good squad um, of players and a, and, a, and a depth of, of, of good players as well that we can call on. Um, but if we're in that in around that top four at Christmas time, we're going to have a real real goal, and we we'll know then whether we need we need a little bit of strengthening with the goal scoring with the defensive um, part of our game. So so. Um, We'll we'll be looking, and certainly those the three teams that were coming up to play Exmouth, um, Shepton, and Malzal are all what I, what I consider could easily easily finish in the top two without a doubt. I know Exmouth have gone on a little bit of um, uh, a, a, a poor run results wise at the moment, but they've got a, enough um, quality players, and particularly the manager. I know I know Hilly. He's uh, he's a top guy. Um, and he'll be right, right up for, for it. We, we feel we've got a little bit of targets on our back, particularly because we're the new boys down at Helston. We've just lost the one game, and um, I, I, I know, I know he'll be right up there to to, uh, to put one over on us. Uh, and Shepton Mallet. All the years I've been involved in football, I've been in it's um, thirty years, over thirty years now in semi-pro management. I've never been to Shepton Mallet. In fact, I was in the area around oh, a few weeks ago, and I thought, as you, as you do, you go away on holiday, don't you? And in the broader anything, you've always got to look at the football ground. If there's a football ground there, you've got to find it. And I thought, Shepton Mallet's around here, so I'll go and find the ground. And what a, what a little picturesque place that is. It was fantastic. Um, and the surface looks great. Uh, and again, they've got um, they've got a, a, a real, real young and, and sort of enthusiastic and knowledgeable management team there. And again, they're having a little bit of a, a, a patch, a, a, a patch that not results-wise. We beat them at home, but uh, it was close. 
it was it was very close and a real real good game. And I remember one of my two of my two or three of my senior t- players who have played in the Western League for many seasons, Matty By, my skipper, um, a, a great example. Said that was a real proper Western League game. That was a real proper Western League. And I knew exactly what he meant. Um, uh, and then of course, so uh, Mal's all game. Um, as I say, without without with, with, we look at ourselves and with with Saltash and particularly Mil, Mil, uh, Millbrook as well, the Cornish sides. There's a there's a little bit of a mini league going on really, and we've said it ourselves. We want to wherever we finish in the league, we our, our target as well is to be the top Cornish side. That's what we want to be. And we feel that the strength of the Cornish sides means that if we are top of there, we'll be somewhere near that near that top two, top three, some, somewhere. Uh, because we feel that the, the um, our, our Cornish sides down here are very, are very strong, but the Mansell game is always something uh, special, and particularly the Boxing Day game. We're expecting. We've had little reports. Our gates have gone up really, really well on the Saturday, which we would we would struggle to get sixty, seventy people here on a on, on a Saturday when the, when we played our Saturday fixtures because everybody else is is playing. It's um, you know there's so many teams. Even our 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 club has three three other teams that are playing on a Saturday. Um, but our gates have really reflected the fact that people are enjoying the new new experience and new teams coming down. Um, and and we've 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 gone up to 160, 180. We had 200 the other the other Saturday at home, 200 plus. So we're hoping that we can get three 300 plus 400 up to um, the, our, our Boxing Day game, um, weather dependent. If it's anything like. Weather here right at the moment. I might put a few off, but um, <laughs> and it just it just uh, again sort of uh, confirms how how much we're enjoying life, and and particularly the the Cornish the, the new Cornish support and, and and supporters people down here are enjoying the west the Western League. Um, it's um, it, it's a it's a real good time to be to to be involved in football in Cornwall. I mean, I'm really pleased to hear that your gates have gone up. I think that's, you know, that's so important, particularly coming out of the, you know, the pandemic. But, um, I, I mean, it's not just about the Cornish fans and your fans. Of course, um, Kellaway Park is a new ground for, for all of our Premier um, Division fans to visit. So your, your enthusiasm is famously infectious, Steve. This is your opportunity <laughs> to sell a Saturday afternoon out at Kellaway Park. First, it might it might look at the map and you think, oh, where's where's Helston? As I did when I when I first came into Cornwall, my love affair with Cornwall started after I just came out of the pro game, uh, well, straight after the came out of the pro game in eighty nine ninety, and I and I, we we bought Mullion Holiday. My wife and I bought Mullion Holiday Park first. That was our first one. We looked, thought, where, where, Mullion, where? And it's like <laughs> down right down at the bottom of the, as we thought. It's it's right it's right at the bottom of England, and of course just six seven miles. Sort of um, north, or, or, or just before you reach Mullet, is uh, Helston, and I've seen Helston grow over over the many many years. My 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 younger brother lives lives there as well, so the chairman is is, is fantastic, and we've built up a, a club here now, which is a fantastic fantastic youth section, and we have um, over a thousand members that um, that are uh, associated and join with our with our uh, football club, um, and we and we feel we've got some of the best. Um, Facilities in in the league. Uh, uh, we have we have famously, and it's, he's done a fantastic job. We decided to franchise our our um, our our tea hut, our refreshment side of it, and we've got in the Blues Kitchen, and they're probably as famous as our football team um, for their for their burgers and food and um, after match. Uh, hospitality that they produce, um, and, and and so 
if you're watching the football game down here as well, which the football will be good, you can top it up with a with a famous hot hot blues kitchen hot chocolate and and drinks and and uh, all sorts of eats to be to be done. Um, and the uh, the the people we have here are, are are some of the best. They really are. They're as they're as uh, they're as passionate uh, and enthusiastic as, as myself. Um, and we and we feel that uh, we always thought. To gauge our success, it would be what happened to the gates. It was the first question I ever asked the chairman when, when he came to interview me when this job came up about four years ago. I said, what, what's your average gate? And then it was at that time, it was 90-odd. Well, at the end of that, that season, we'd, we'd sort of pushed it up to, to 140, and it's been growing since. And that's the, that's the big, big yardstick and big tick box that if you're doing something right, um, the team's playing well or decent football, then your, cra- your crowds will reflect that. And what is also um, a good, good indicator as well is that I, I go to many, as you know, I go to I go to literally hundreds, hundreds of games. I go, I try to go to at least three, four games a week. And the majority of the makeup of the, the fans, supporters is probably my age plus, and it's male dominant. But what we what we're seeing at Helston is we're getting, um, and it's just ticking over very, very nicely. And all those added extra people coming in are all the youngsters. We've, we've even got, we've even got, we've never had a flag before at Helston, and these youngsters that are coming in now, late teens, the teenagers are um, are really getting behind Helston, and they've they've brought a flag, and the flag hangs behind the goal now. Um, and you just think, I said to the chairman, it's um, when we look back in a few years' time, and hopefully we've even gone up to one or two, maybe steps of the pyramid, um, but. This, this is where it really kicked off. This is where it was, it was, it was starting, you know, and we feel that the Western League, with all its experience and um, uh, the, the quality of the teams, is, is really, really pushing ourselves on. Um, and I think that um, if, if anybody's thinking about coming down, you look at it, you think, oh, it's a long way down there to Helston. Now, it'll be well worth the trip. They're fantastic people. Um, you'll be well looked after the hospitality. Um, the only thing I can't guarantee is that you'll go away with any points. I don't want you to go with any points, but, but you'll go away with a thinking, that was a good day out. <laughs> well, while you've been talking, I've just um, gone on to Twitter and found the fact that your your Blues Kitchen's got its own Twitter feed, which is, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah. So and, it's, and it's Instagram, and it's on Instagram account oh my as well. God. Um, um, and it's, and it, it's, it's, just, it's just the way with everybody else that comes... That, that comes to be that comes to, um, to be connected with the with the club. Um, it's there's just something about it. It's really, really it's really infectious. We have good good people around us, um, and, and and we're learning. We we learn off of people. He, the, the, the guy Paul who does um, the Blues Kitchen and things. He's really really sharp with his with his marketing um, and his PR work, and and we put him in charge of the. Um, of our Instagram account as well, the Health and Football Instagram account, you know. So um, we're, we're growing our team around us as well, and, to, and the way we want to go and be as ambitious as we as we are, um, we have to have those people around us. And um, we're very, very fortunate to uh, to have found a number of great, great people around. Well, one of those people is somebody that you mentioned earlier in the interview, Mark Huckle, and he's um, his video footage is something that I've really enjoyed. I mean. Um, sort of going back to podcasts, um, uh, seasons gone before, I was really quite taken with the work that Mike Parrish um, had done for Plymouth Parkway. And so when Parkway moved on, it was lovely to see um, that, you know, Mark produces regular match footage of your games, which I'm, you know, I'm where, where the rest of the country might be glued to sort of match of the day on a sun, Sunday morning. 
I, I sit down and I can watch a bit of Western League football, and I think it's such a benefit. And obviously, it's a benefit for you, but do, I mean, do you and Mark appreciate just how much of a benefit it is for the other clubs that get to see their games in such excellent production values? Yeah, I'd like. I'd really, really like, like, like to think so. And I think um, just just touching on that, he is your. Is, in fact, if there is a bigger fan of the podcast and yourself, I don't, I don't. I don't know him. I wouldn't know him, and it would be hard to be Mark, Mark Huckle. He's all the time. You, 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 you want to get on there, Steve? Oh, did you listen to the podcast this week? Did he? He's uh, he's a big, big fan of yours. Listens to this religiously. So I thought, well, I bet it, we, we'd be getting give him a mention. It's very kind of you to mention him. But I thought, well, I'd have, have to mention him, him any, anyway because um, I know he'd be listening. Um, and he does a he does a fantastic job. It was one of the one of the areas that again that. As I wanted the club to grow, I, I thought that uh, like we like we revamped all of the dressing rooms and the and, and the welcome and the experience that the, the visitors got, but particularly our players, the environment they came into. I wanted to take the raise the bar very very high with that, and and with that with 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 the hype and the exposure that I want to put out there, there's nothing better, absolutely nothing better than having your videos done, um, the games done, marks right up there, if not the the one of, if not the best, certainly in the south in southwest, we we feel, and what he produces for us is fantastic. Um, it's a it's a good uh, tool for us for the players as well. There's probably about half the team that will take the whole ninety minutes from each each footage that he does and look back on it, and we'll we'll um, uh, sort of pick points or, or go through bits and pieces on it. So it's a very good sort of um, coaching tool as well that we use. But first and foremost, well, I always, always thought that um, when I asked Mark, Mark to come in, that this is where we would be. Um, I wanted, it's always my belief that I wanted uh, a commentator. I think that adds so, so much to, to a highlights package that you've got a commentator. Um, and, and in many cases, we try and get the summariser, particularly at home. But we've also added the second camera. If you if you'd see when you when you see the highlights, that um, he's a, he's a young lad who's got on work experience from the local uh, Helston College, um, and we thought that it would be a nice opportunity for somebody to do that. So again, we, we feel you know that uh, we're doing it the right way, um, that we're giving the a, a young lad a taste of experience of uh, film film and filmmaking as well. But um, it's yeah, we we we, we do it. We do understand. We do hope that uh, you know. The, the clubs, um, uh, I'm sure they do appreciate Mark's work as, as we do, um, and it's again something that, that, as ambitious we are, that we wanted it to grow alongside the success of our football team as well. And I think, uh, I think his, his package and um, his highlights really reflect that. Excellent stuff. Now, um, I've got one last question for you, Steve, and it's one of the, the favourite, my favourite questions that I ask all the managers, and I always ask it the first time we speak. And of course, yeah. you know, this is your debut on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I, yes. I hope for the time that you spend in the Western League, we'll be able to hear from you again. But um, t- tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Helston dugout. I love, love affair with with the Western League, um, and my first um, a sort of. Uh, uh, experience of the Western League was actually with uh, Bournemouth, um, AFC Bournemouth, who I had three seasons with, and that was um, a big, big move for me from Stockport, which is my hometown. I, I, um, I was an apprentice at Stockport uh, and made my debut as a 16-year-old apprentice, and, and up until the 2000s or something, uh, 2004 or five or something around there, I think I, I that was um, uh, it only became. 
uh, when I lost the sort of thing that, of the, of the uh, youngest player to have played for Stockport, um, and the, uh, another, another young boy beat me by by a month. He was 16, 16 years, ten, uh, nine months, I think, and I was ten. Um, but um, so I'm very, very proud of that. I, 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 I always look out for the results anywhere I go in the world. Who do you support? And I always say Stockport County. Um, and so that that is my team. But I made a, I was transferred to, uh, to to Bournemouth. John Benson was the manager at the time, and of course the reserve team was in the Western League. And on a number of occasions, um, either we didn't we first team didn't have a game, or one or two I had a, 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 an injury or whatever. And then in those days as well, you only had one sub, so it wasn't like you know you could play three three subs and there name five, play three as we do now. Um, there was just the one sub. So if if you were sort of out of the squad or coming back in, you, you, you played in the reserves, the reserve side, which played at um, in the Western League. And I remember going to Devizes, and there I remember going to uh, Froome Town, and 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 that was my first experience of the of the Western League. And it was a it was a tough old league then as well. And I think you had I think we had a number of other other pro clubs in it as well at that time. But uh, so I spent three three years there at Bournemouth, a really really enjoyable time. Um, and then I was transferred to uh, Peterborough United. Dave, Dave Webb was the manager at the time of Bournemouth, and he said that um, he, he wanted a particular style of play, which he had two, two huge, huge big giants at the house, and he really worked for them. He would play that way and just bang the long ball, went in. Um, so so he, he said I was going to be surplus to requirements, so I, I, I moved to Peterborough, um, then t- moved on t- transfer deadline day to Northampton Town, where I was, where it was a for personally, for me, that was probably my best su- success in my league league football. I finished the as it was then the fourth division, the league leading goal scorer, um, and that got me the a move to uh, Hull City. Um, and I had a couple of seasons up there at Hull, Hull City. And um, although personally, sort of on a personal basis, Northampton Town was really, really good to me on on a team basis and a truly professional basis. And I can honestly say that. My experience at Hull City was where I first started thinking about coaching and management because the management that were at Hull City then were um, were super, were really good. The manager Colin Appleton and then Brian Horton came in after him, um, and I had a, we, we had two great seasons there. We really did, um, and promotions into what is the Championship now was the old Second Division, um, and the only time, the only time in my career that I could hold my hands up and say. Actually, I moved just because the offer was so good to refuse, um, and I dropped down from from Hull City. Um, I remember going into we'd been about a week into preseason training. Brian Horton called me in the office. He said, "Mass, we've had a we've had an offer from Cambridge United. Um, the, the club are happy if you wanted to go." He said, "I think you should go and talk to them." Because I, I know what's going to be an offer. It's it's it's, it's really really something <laughs> exceptional that is on offer. So, of course, Cambridge had just gone down from, from the second, third into the fourth consecutive season relegations and wanted to get straight back up again. And through a bit of silly money, absolutely silly money, but it was like, God, you know, my wife and I discussed it. My young boy then, Ben, who's 30, 34, 35 now, he was only a few months old at the time. And so we moved to Cambridge, Cambridge United. And it was, um, uh, it didn't really go well. I had picked up a, an ankle injury that just nagged, nagged all the time uh, I had a three year contract and then that was my first year on it and the end of the season there was just um, of the big money sort of signings and wages that, that brought I was the last one there um, and they said 
because of the wages and where we, what, what's happening at the club at the moment, um, if you if you want to get yourself away, we'll not ask a fee. You go on a free transfer, and I went on a free transfer to Wrexham, and that was utterly magnificent. I played in Europe, and still to this day, is a trivia question for everybody here. If anybody says, um, "Who's Wrexham's leading goal scorer in Europe?" Um, and if you answered Steve Massey, you'd be correct. And I'm very, very proud of that. Very, very proud of that. Um, and, of course, the next question is, well, how many do you get? And I, I just whisper it very quietly, but I'm still proud of you. you got four. I've got four goals. But I am, um, I am, I am proud to say I'm Wrexham's leading goal scorer in, in Europe. And there's even some of the, some of the big, big-name players that were playing in the, in the first division then, as it was, because they never even played in Europe and never got to play in Europe. Um, and that was a fantastic experience. I had the two years, two years there, and, and the, during that time, then the, the in-laws and my wife and myself, although I was just going to be a sleepy partner, we, were, we bought Mullion Holiday Park. And it was a, a touch on it right at the beginning, didn't it? I thought, I thought how far that Mullion be? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll play up here. I had a couple of offers still to say at Wrexham, Stockport had, had said, come back to us. Uh, I had offer from Burnley. Um, and and um, I, uh, I did the weekend drive down one of the pre-season. I went and I thought, my God, this is, this, this is, this, this is just not going to be practical. This is so far down. Of course, the 8.30 wasn't anywhere near as dual carriageway that it, as it is now. Um, so I took what I thought was a brave decision at that time to say, right, I'm going to retire. I was 32 and I thought, right, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire after retiring a year or two at times anyway. So we threw ourselves into the, the holiday park industry. And I played at Truro City for two seasons um, as a player. Um, uh, loved it. Um, finished uh, with, the, with the leading goal scorer of um, uh, the Jack Hawk Trophy, it's called, that, uh, that I'm very, very proud of again for, for Truro City. And, and then they, were, they asked me to... Um, be player manager on the second second season of it, and and that's where my management started. There, uh, that was about 1991. I played as a player manager, and I and I advise advise the boy. I give the uh, advice to the boys who have, and there's many of them now that that I've that I've signed and played for, and then gone on to be to be management and, and managers, very good ones. I always say, if you if you get the opportunity of being a player manager, just 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 Park it, park it. Don't, don't even think about it. Keep playing as long as you can because you cannot do a player manager's job. You have to have somebody very, very good on the sidelines. Just ignore a player manager's job. Um, it is so, so difficult to do. I had experience with that with my first season at Toro City. Um, I brought in uh, Lee Cooper and Graham Kirkup for my second season and just decided to have cameo appearances from the bench. Um, and, we did, and we did the double. Um, Toro City won the double uh, for the first time in about 37, 38 years. They've won any silverware, and we did the double. And the team the following season, not many people reflect back on this actually, but it, we 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 failed to do the double again by one point. We finished second in the league by by a point, and we got beat in the cup final. Actually, we didn't get beat. We got we got trounced. We got absolutely thrashed by Bodmin five nil. But we did. We nearly did. Um, the double-double again. Um, and then I took over the Cornwall senior. At that time, they had the, the senior teams. They used to play in the county championships, which I really loved. And I did that for seven seasons. Took them to two finals. Um, unfortunately, didn't didn't win. Sussex and the Royal Navy beat us in both finals. But uh, I was very proud of my time there. And, and then I had time at uh, Falmouth. 
um, where we built a real, real young squad at Falmouth. And that's why um, people will realise there is no love lost between myself and, 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 and Falmouth. Um, it's very, very sad. Um, I've got nothing there, but I understand why they feel bad because I took the whole squad including physios, coaches and everything, over to Toro City to start the Kevin Heaney era and start Toro City's rise. That team that finished with Falmouth, that finished third, fourth in the table with you, Jakey Ash, Ross Popes, Johnny Ludlums, um, all those boys that then went on a couple of seasons' time to, to play and, and win the Vars at, at Wembley with Toro City. So, you know, I'm very, very proud of the fact that I gave these boys an opportunity um, to go and do that, and you know, for, for the rest of their lives and their grandchildren, they'll tell them that um, um, you know they were at Wembley, won the first trophy at the new Wembley, uh, and still the first Cornish side to, to actually do that. Um, so I was there right at the beginning of the Toro City rise, and then um, which was my second spell in charge. Um, but Kevin was a difficult guy to get on with, <laughs> and um, he was a football fan though. He really was a football fan, um, and then um, I had. A, I had a sort of um, sabbatical, really, with... with I, I, I was around, I helped Sean, Sean Joyce, who's a great, great guy for Biddyford, um, for a number of... Uh, two or three seasons up there we had, and I did a bit of scouting for them, and I did scouting for the Cornwall youth team with Glyn Hooper. And then um, Peter Masters asked me back in at Toro, Toro City again, as director of football. And um, I had a spell there. Uh, I really respected Peter for... Um, for his business, like uh, way he went about sorting out the club, um, he definitely saved saved the club from uh, going into administration and kept. And, and to be fair, kept it where it is. I know Peter got a lot, a lot of stick for it, but if it wasn't for Peter Master, they would not be at the level they are at now. You know, whatever you may think about it. Um, so, um, and I, and I, um, and I, I it, it was difficult working with Peter. Though he, he, I think he'd be the first one to say that he didn't really, really understand the workings of football. Um, I had one or two, one or two differences, and so as always is with uh, with a football manager's life. Um, I, I always say there are only two types of football managers. Just two types of football managers: those those that are, have been sat. And those that are waiting to be sacked. Those are the only two types of managers that there are. And so I found myself um, sort of thinking, right now, I'm coming out, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little resting. And I was only out for about uh, six months before I got the call from, from um, I, was, I was doing a bit of, bit of scout with uh, Stockport uh, in Taunton. I was going to go on the board at Taunton with Kevin Sturmey. And, and actually, ironically enough, Lee Robinson was the manager at the time. And Lee and I had spoke with Kevin and I was going to go on the board at Taunton. I was going to be in charge of player recruitments and um, driving the club forward from there. And um, but what I really, really love, and I also uh, at that time as well, which I, I turned down, I, I was offered the um, the uh, chairman's the chairman's job. Would you believe the chairman's job? And I didn't. I thought I mean, I'm not ready for it for a chairman's job. I, I just love the dressing room and on the touchline. But at, um, which was it, I did think about it seriously because it's my hometown, and I was asked to be chairman at Stockport County. Um, uh, what's that about four or five seasons four or five seasons ago now but um, I still keep in close contact with those guys and uh, it is my hometown it's a team I support but I just love being in the I get the buzz from the dressing room from the boys um, uh, and on the dugout I, I love the tactical battles um, I love the man management side of it but I tell you what Ian we could have another at, at least this length <laughs> talk again a podcast again on players' attitudes and the way 
management has changed in 30 years because it's just nothing, nothing like when I started out at 30 years when you could say to a player, you've got to get yourself fit, son, and, and I'm going to play you in the reserves now for two, for a couple of weeks, get yourself fit, fitter, come back in the first team. Yes, boss, yes, boss. You say that to a boy now, he goes and finds himself another club. You have, you walk on eggshells all the time with players. The players' attitudes and things is just changed. I think that's society. I think that's this way society is anyway. That that um, it's uh, everybody expects everything right now, and if they're not doing it, blame somebody else. And the management has changed unbelievably in the in, in the time that I've I've been here to where to where I am now. Uh, but has that knocked any enthusiasm for me? No, not at all. I'm still I'm still as competitive and as enthusiastic as as, as ever. And um, I say we're, we're we're where we are at the moment with this, with this football club here at Helston. We have one of, if not the biggest, uh, youth setups. Um, we have our own players, long-term uh, players pathway uh, from our under eights right the way through, with our under twenty ones, um, our under eight teams were very very successful. We went the furthest that any team at step six level has gone with their under eighteen team. We reached the first round of the FA Youth Cup. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, I'm proud to say that uh, four, five, and five of those boys are still involved with me. My first team squad. Uh, I think about uh, what two, three of them, three of them played played Saturday. Uh, two were on the bench. Um, so we we are we are really really conscious of some very very talented footballers that are down in in our in our area, um, and we're absolutely thrilled to bits um, to be among. All the all the big and famous names in the Western League, you know, all the famous names that that, that we're playing against in the Western League, and I'm meeting new people. And I have to say, it's a breath of fresh air, an absolute breath of fresh air. We're, we're really enjoying it, and I can't speak highly enough of the league, how they go go about it, and everything else. Not like this, like with yourself, um, it's uh, super, and we're enjoying it. And long may that continue. Well, I'm so pleased to hear that, Stephen. I'm, I am looking forward to our next um, podcast. We try and get round all of our clubs at least twice a season if we can, and I think that there's a great deal of insight that um, we can explore when we next speak. Um, but for now, um, I really appreciate your time and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, Ian. It's been, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much. All the best. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving into the first division, uh, we're going to kick things off at Almondsbury, where lowly Almondsbury, or relatively lowly Almondsbury, mm-hmm. took on high-flying Welton Rovers. Now, one of the things that we've always discussed on the podcast, Tom, is the fact that really in the first division, any team can be any other on their day. And, of course, that's always been the case, except for this season, where any team can be any other on their day unless they're Welton Rovers. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, the 4th of December, that wasn't the case. Finally. Uh, it was the 21st time of asking. Uh, Wilton have suffered suffered a league defeat this year. Uh, Almondsbury, they're the, they're the victors. Uh, a 3-0 win for them, so it wasn't that, yeah, wasn't a close affair by any means. Uh, really, really co- pretty comprehensive win for the home side. Uh, and all the damage done towards the end of the first half, really. Um, 
Rovers pretty slow out the blocks. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, they did fall behind after six minutes. So, yeah, not a good start for them at all. Seb Scott breaking the deadlock uh, pretty early on. Uh, and then it got worse for the away side. And it was Jaden Savory giving his marching orders after about half an hour or so for, I think that was a straight red. So, uh, yeah. But as we've seen, they've yeah they've come back from some pretty perilous positions already this season for similar sort of things where they've been down a man or whatever uh, in the goal down. But it wasn't to be on Saturday, as you say. And uh, a couple of goals uh, towards the end of the first half from Joe White, uh, managing to yeah put, put Almondsbury free up at the bake and they didn't look back. Uh, a really well, really impressive win and a pretty famous afternoon for the home side in that one. Uh, Almondsbury three 0 winners over Welton, who finally suffered defeat. Well. Joe White has been a great supporter of the podcast over the last few seasons. So it was, um, I really had to get him on after that. Mm -hmm. It was really the result of the day, I think, in many respects. Not least because I know that a lot of managers listen to the podcast. And um, really, with that in mind, I couldn't really ask Joe any other questions than, how on earth did you do that? (laughs) Yeah, it it was a great, fantastic result for us on the weekend. And everyone associate with the club and the players and everyone was so pleased to obviously be the first team to beat them um what, what was the secret um probably saturday was a culmination of a lot of hard work that's gone on over the last two or three months and we've built up a sense of feeling um with our team at the moment that actually if we're on our game and we do the right things we can beat anyone in the league um and that's been the consistent message over the last sort of probably two and a half months uh, and we well we actually went to watch them midweek so we did a little bit of our homework uh, went and watched them play on Tuesday night against Longwell Green where I thought they were probably a bit unlucky not to win really Longwell Green equalized right in the last minute and I think probably nine times out of ten they would have beat them to be fair to Longwell Green they they dug in and Chris Alway had them well organized so we did we went and watched them and takeaways from the game were that that they do have they do have several good players at this level. Um, the right back, which he bombs on, he's a good player. Uh, the lad who plays at the back, um, Joe Garland, centre back with a skull cap, he probably heads the ball up 50 times a game and he's hard to get past. And um, Slocum, the lad up front, is tricky um, and scores goals. So, but we knew that <clears throat> we knew that if we put pressure on them, um, you know, no player in the world likes having pressure put on them. And I, I feel that. Because obviously they've gone on this sort of well, it's an incredible run that they've been on, um, twenty games unbeaten. We we knew that uh, a lot of teams that play against them just literally park the bus and sit back, and we opted to do the complete opposite of that. Actually, um, sort of get right in their faces right from the first whistle and try and get a high line and think, well, no, we're going to really try and take the game to you. Obviously, we're at home as well, um, so that that was part of part of our game plan really main part of our game plan, I would say. When results like this happen, they normally happen because a team edges it. And you didn't edge it, did you? You won by three goals to nil. So was that scoreline flattering or? No, well, I don't think so. I, we we started like a house on fire. We, 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 we got an early goal. Um, and then uh, they, they did have a player sent off just before half time, which obviously I don't think helped them. But I, I think they've had instances this season where they've had players sent off and still won games. So obviously we were three nil up at half time, um, and we probably could have scored a couple more go- goals across the course of the game. I don't. I think we reduced them to probably one guilt edge chance of goal that they had throughout the entire game. So it was it was a great team effort from everyone, and um, yeah, it was a uh, the dressing room after was a good place to be on Saturday. 
Now, in preparation for the game, it was effectively, it was just another league game. Sure. But you were playing against a team that hadn't been beaten in 20 matches. So w- was that in your mind? Was that part of the way that you prepared the team or, or did you just treat it or try and treat it like any other game? Yeah, well, I, I think probably most managers' team talks since they've been going on this outstanding run, since probably since September, let's say, once they've gone sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten games unbeaten, it became a little bit of a like thing, didn't it? Who's going to be the first team to beat them? And I think... Probably that's been a lot of managers' team talks now for a few weeks. Like, you know, we can be the first team to beat these today. You know, what an opportunity. And similar words like that were said in our dressing room before the game. Um, absolutely. So, um, but like I said, it, it, it was almost, it was probably a culmination on, 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 on a lot of hard work over the last couple of months from, from, from all the players. Um, and we got our just rewards on the weekend. Having made the point that you could be the first to beat them and you were the first to beat them there is always the danger that of course that game against Welton Rovers is the cup final so how sure. do you get your team up for the challenge of Sherborne Town well we've actually got Lydney away tomorrow night um in the GFA Cup I've got about six or seven players missing <laughs> so we're sort of straight back to reality um even before that game on Saturday <laughs> so the, the trials and tribulations of, of non-league management management um availability is a big issue but yeah absolutely it's going to be a thing now that we have to sort of not, not rest on our laurels and keep keep pushing and, and not be like well you know we've beat Welton now that's it we need to keep pushing because I, I want to have a top half finish uh, with Almondsbury this year and I, I'm sure that we can do that if we keep doing the right things like we've been doing over recent months. Now one of the reasons I love to get people on the podcast is because we like to talk to clubs that are doing well and I think that you know when we look at sort of recent seasons for Almondsbury, they're one of the sides that's actually been around the bottom teams in the first division. But you've actually moved up to 14th in the table. And I think you've done so yeah. quietly. I don't think people will have noticed the fact that you've crept away from the bottom places. So is it a case that the demise of Almondsbury has been greatly exaggerated? First things first, Ian, um, at the end of August, we had eight games in August and we, we played eight, lost seven, drawn one, and we were bottom of the league. We were 21st out of 21 teams and things were looking pretty ominous, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and since that time, there's probably been a combination of several things that have helped to turn it around. And, it, and it's been an incredible effort from everyone to try and do that. There were one or two players that weren't necessarily buying into what we wanted from them in terms of availability and, and attitude. And one or two of them, well, probably more than one or two players, sort of uh, left the club then. Um, but, you know, we had to try and... We were doing all we can to try and change things around. So that that had to happen. Um, player availability um, has also been a key thing because uh, I think most games in August, there were lads at festivals and this, that and the other. And obviously, we don't have a budget at all. So... We've got, we haven't got as much of a pull on them as some of the top half teams in this league. Um, so we've had a much more better availability of players since September after the sort of holiday season finished. And that was understandably so because sort of COVID and everything. And I think a lot of lads enjoyed their August, which was which was fine. So from September onwards, availability was a lot better. And we've, we've got a nice mix now of 
probably in our strongest starting 11, there's probably half the team are experienced lads at this level and half the team are young lads with energy and enthusiasm, um, bags of bags of potential. So we've got a nice, nice mix of that. And we've really tried to drill the team since September and exactly what we want from them in and out of possession um, and, and try to make it absolutely crystal clear that out of possession, this is what we want in terms of our pressing and how we set up and in possession, there's, there's clear, clear indicators of what we want the players to try and do. Um, because I think uh, there's nothing worse as a player than sort of perhaps not quite knowing what you want from a manager or a coach. And we've also worked hard on um, set pieces as well. I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite obsessed with my coaching and stuff, as probably some people know. And I read a book about a year ago that um, 25 minutes, half hour every game, the, ball's out, the ball is out of play for either throw-ins, corners um, or free kicks. And that's a long time of a game. So that's something also we've 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 worked on um, in terms of the players absolutely knowing what they need to do in them situations: throw-ins for, throw-ins against, corners for, corners against, free kicks for, free kicks against, and also goal kicks. Um, where we want the position, what we want them to do in those situations, because um, all too often, and, and that's been a gradual process. That's not just something you can tell them in in five minutes. That's that's been worked on over a number of weeks, and I think that's really helped us. Um, to become less susceptible to having unnecessary attacks against us. If we have a look at the games you've got coming up, I mean, it's an interesting December for you. We talked about Sherbourne earlier, but you know, you've got Bishop Sutton away, and then uh, you've obviously got Titherington Rocks at home on the 27th. Now, one of the great shames, I think, about your game against Welton Rovers is that you didn't get a much, much bigger crowd, because it would have been wonderful to have had a, a real audience um, against which you could have achieved that fantastic result. So, you know, this is the chance. This is one of the reasons why we do the podcast, because we want people to come and watch Toolstation Western League football. And frankly, your game against Titherington Rocks, not to mention the other two, obviously, I, I, I said, we want to get people in at Ormondsby, don't we? And, and, and see yeah. what you're doing, because obviously what you're doing is, is, well, it's working, frankly. Yeah, well, at the moment, at the moment it is, Ian. Yeah, we've... Uh... We've had a good good turn of fortunes, and, and, and to be fair, all, all of the currents, we've got a squad of about 17, 18 players that we're working with now, and they're, they're really buying into what we're asking of them week in, week out. They, they, they've shown great attitudes, and um, yeah, ho hopefully we can sort of keep this run up. I mean, there's going to be, I'm sure there'll be blips and road bumps along the way still towards the end, uh, you know, throughout between now and to the end of the season, but I'm hoping that we've sort of um, set some firm foundations now for, for, for a lot of our for our team to play on. Um, and just on that as well, I just, I just want to really say a big shout out to, to Welton actually, because I had an extensive chat with their manager and, and, and their assistant after the game on Saturday. And I just congratulated them on such an outstanding run because it's been phenomenal, their run. And I'm sure that they will win the league um, from what I see, from what I've seen, they've got one of the most organised um, and that they've got some experienced players in there. And they are, they are a good team, no doubt. Um, uh, and it's been quite an outstanding run they've been on. So, so congratulations to them. And, and I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back. And I, I, it sounds a bit silly, but we were both in agreement. Um, this could probably give them a little bit of a springboard to, for them to push on and, and be even better. And I hope it does, because I, I think they, I think they deserve to get promoted this year. Yeah. A couple of, uh, a couple of nicer 
managers you wouldn't hope to meet. I think, I, you know, I am. Um, I can second that completely. One final question for you, Joe. Um, you, uh, I know that you've you've dipped your toe into the whole podcasting world, and um, you're available. You're available on YouTube. It's called Chalk Talk. Don't let me introduce it. You tell the listeners all about it, and um, and tell us where you can find it. Yeah. So Chalk Talk was something that. Um, well, my, my my mate set up a podcast um, back when we were in lockdown because it was just sort of bored, really, and I just love talking about all things football and different people's experiences and opinions and so I sort of set my own one up about five or six months ago now and I've I've done sort of five or six episodes I've talked to mainly non-league well actually I've, I've talked to a couple of pro players a few non-league players about their careers and their trials and tribulations and what they've been through to get to where they are and things like that and to be fair I've had a little bit of Mickey take in from from one or two people but uh, it, it's not um I'm not I'm not doing it to try and be popular or anything I'm just doing it because I enjoy it and um you know we're sort of developing a little bit of a following with it I've almost got 100 subscribers on on, on YouTube and I, I've really enjoyed it to be fair and I, I'm trying to obviously it's difficult I'm working full-time running a running a non-league football time which takes up an awful lot of time as well and so I've done one a month at the moment and um yeah I, I'm hopeful uh, that I can try and keep that up um and I think there's one or two pro players that I'm going to interview over the coming months as well. So, yeah, if, if, if you could give that a, a like and a, a follow and, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, anyone that's listening, I'd be greatly appreciative. And, um, well, if anyone wants to come on, then feel free to message me. I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram as well. So, Joe, you, you, you're, I have to say, having watched quite a few of your interviews, you're a much better interviewer than I am um, for anybody <laughs> listening to this. So, I mean, if you've had to suffer me over the years, then definitely give Joe a go. Well, you, you, you were, you, you're my role model, Ian. You're, you're, <laughs> you're the one I look up to. Well, I, I'm... Um, God only knows who I am. But, I mean, I, I would definitely have you. You're more the Jeremy Paxman type. I mean, you're very incisive. And, you, you know, you're incredibly well-researched. And with me, it's all a little bit sort of... Well, I don't know, after the Lord Mayor's show, really. But anyway, we won't worry about that. The, why, why break the habit of a lifetime? Jo, jo, it's been fantastic having you on. Congratulations on that on that win. I think for people who know you, it, it won't be as much as a surprise than for people who look at the bottom end of the First Division and think, actually, why aren't Almondsbury there anymore? Um, if we get a chance to get you on before the end of the season, it would be fantastic to see how you're getting. But thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us and congratulations again on that win. Yeah, brilliant. Always, always a pleasure to come on, Ian. And um, yeah, good to talk to you. Thanks very much. And my thanks to Joe for his time. Now, moving from a side um, at the top of the, of the first division to two sides very much at the wrong end of the first division. Um, Devizes Town took on... Um, Bristol telephones um, in a, with a, it has to be said, a slightly bigger crowd than um, Ormondsbury managed to um, to get for that victory um, over Welton Rovers. I hope that that sort of result is enough to put a few more on their um, on their home gates because they certainly deserve it. Anyway, back to Wiltshire and um, this hastily rearranged fixture, which was originally scheduled to take place at Bristol telephones. And um, that wasn't able to happen because of a floodlight issue and the game was rearranged to take place at Devizes Town, which meant I could go along. <laughs> now, normally when I pop up with my camera and I try to take pictures and videos of the goals, it normally means only one thing. But that wasn't the case this week, was it, Tom? <laughs> no, not for once. I thought I'd yeah, give you a give you a yeah, give you some good 
good good vibes this week, and it was Devizes who we're going to quickly, quickly chat about. A 2-0 win for them uh, over the telephones on Saturday. Uh, goalless first half, uh, but yeah, then after the break, it was the, the bottom side. They still are bottom just about, but uh, yeah, they've definitely closed the gap, haven't they, in, uh, in recent times. Uh, a couple of goals for them. Uh, Bevan Cross opening the scoring, uh, and then it was a penalty uh, pretty late on from Dylan Jones, uh, and that wrapped that one up. And uh, yeah, good win for, for Devizes. As I say, closing the gap uh, very much on, on the sides just above them. So a uh, good afternoon for, for yourself and, and the others in attendance at Nurstead. It certainly was. Yes, I was euphoric with that whole experience. I even stayed to have a pint in the bar afterwards, which I don't normally do because I normally uh-huh. have to get home and make sure my fatherly duties are attended to. But mm. um, no, it was it was a good evening in the Knockholds household and um, me and Mrs Knockholds stayed up to the wee small hours celebrating that um that uh, that really enjoyable i was going to say historic but that would probably <laughs> be overridden the pudding somewhat Just um it, it it wasn't historic in any way shape or form and it wasn't particularly pleasant it was one for the purist not least because it was incredibly cold i think at one point i felt like scott of the antarctic uh, which is not a, an unfamiliar feeling for many <laughs> devices town fans given what happened to um that great explorer but um no, it was uh, it was it was it was a you know they the boys dug in. It wasn't their greatest performance. Ironically enough, I actually thought they played an awful lot better in the three 0 home defeat to Bishops Lydiard. Um But um, but they dug in and um, they got the break and they made the most of it. And that's you know I mean how many times would you you know particularly for a team at the bottom of the table would you take a sort of a a, a dogged two nil. Um, victory. Normally it's like one nil, isn't it? You sort of get over the line any way you can, but they, they managed to get over the line and that was the most important thing, certainly for the Devizes Town perspective. I mean, I hope that Telephones listeners will forgive me this rare opportunity to celebrate <laughs> Devizes win because, um, I mean, I appreciate your club, you know, it's not in... Um, you know, it, it, I, I feel your pain. You're at the same end of the division as us. And I know having recently lost Jack Richardson, you know, it's a transitional period for telephones and certainly hope that they, they come out of it. Certainly had some players that impressed me on the day. And I did, I was worried um, for most of the match that actually devises dominance in many areas of the pitch would, 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 would prove their, you know, would, would, would come to nothing, but it wasn't the case. So, um, so yes, devise is recording another victory there and who knows uh, a great escape of Steve McQueen proportions could, could yet be on. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we'll move to Wales City, who entertained Oldland Ambertonians. Now, in recent history, of course, Wales have been the, tie, the side riding high in the first division, and Oldland have been the ones struggling. Well, I think it would be fair to say that in recent weeks, those roles have been reversed. But mm. um, Wales didn't read the form book, did they, Tom? And uh, they have returned back to winning ways. No, a really positive afternoon for, for them. Obviously, a couple of... Uh... Yeah, tough outings recently. Um, I think it was 13 goals they conceded in the last two and not really laid a glove on their opposition. So to, to rebound like they did, a 4-2 win for them over Oldland on Saturday is good stuff, especially when they fell behind after after just seven minutes. Aaron Mansfield putting putting the Abbots one up and I think, yeah, the Wells, Wells, uh, Wells support might have might have feared the worst, but it wasn't to be. They hit back uh, pretty pretty soon after from Adam Wright, so snuffing out any... Any forever, another malaise, and uh, yeah, from there they they really did push on. Tom Hill uh, helping them uh, take a take a lead into the break, uh, and then it was further goals from Harvey Hadrill and Charlie Moon uh, helping them play their first league win in over two months. So uh, yeah, good afternoon for for Wales, and uh, yeah, um, tough one for for Oldland's sake. Harley Pryor scoring in stoppage time, uh, really late consolation for them. But uh, yeah, more about Wales. Good good win and a good 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 response for them. 
Now, our final game in the first division sees Winkenton Town take on Cheddar. And, um, you know, over the course of this season's podcast, everyone's been sort of bemoaning Winkenton's form, expecting them to be one of the sides that would be in the hunt at the top of the table. They, you know, they by their high standards, they've started slowly. Cheddar, on the other hand, have started anything but slowly. Uh, a, a mini dip in a way, but still punching um, really at the top of the division. Wincanton, though, in recent weeks have come up on the rails, to use a um, horse racing pun. So with that in mind, Tom, which of these two sides were at the races on Saturday? <laughs> I'd say both sides had pretty, pretty, pretty solid outings, but it was Wincanton who came out of the points, a 3-2 win uh, for them. And it was a yeah, pretty back and forth contest, uh, a fun one, uh, I think, to, to be at. Uh, and it was uh, Cheddar who yeah made a, made a better start, uh, scoring after just four minutes for Robbie Maggs. Um, but it, yeah, wasn't, 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 they weren't ahead for long. Uh, Louis Irwin responding for, for, uh, for Wincanton to make it one all pretty early on. So that was, yeah, good start to the game. And it, yeah, it went on from there, really. A left-footed drive from Nathaniel Groom, then restoring uh, Cheddar's lead midway through the first half, uh, with Dan Wise, then uh, the second uh, player to grab an equaliser for Wincanton. That came from the spot midway through the second half. So, uh, yeah, set up a, a pretty uh, entertaining final quarter. And it was the home side, Winky, uh, pulling out the, uh, the, the victory. Dan Dick somehow beating the offside trap uh, in, in stoppage time before curling the curling the ball home with his left foot and that, that goal is on, on social media. So I've seen that one. And uh, yeah, it was a, well, a pretty, pretty special afternoon, I think for Wincanton to, to, you know, grab a late winner. It's always a, a bit of a, bit of a momentum boost potentially. So uh, yeah, good free two win for them over Cheddar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Now we will move on to the upcoming fixtures. Those are on Saturday, the 11th of December. And I'm going to kick us off because we have the third round of the SA FA Vars and we've still got plenty of Western league involvement in that Bridgewater United are at home to Bashley. Clevedon town travel to Brixham Buckland athletic. They entertain Wellington in an all tool station, Western league affair, new Milton town. They entertain our very own Canesham town and street entertain one of the great teams in uh, in local non-league football Brockenhurst so that would be an absolute belter I'm absolutely sure of that uh, now Tom we will look into the Premier Division we still do have a, a fair few fixtures in our Premier Division on Saturday where where will your be where will your interest be going I am going to plump for Exmouth versus Helston uh, both in the top seven uh, and Helston uh, the away side of five consecutive victories in all comps so uh, yeah should be a good one. Exmouth obviously coming off the back of a, a pretty big win for them as well. So, uh, yeah, that should be a decent contest, I think, between those two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a few interesting ties, I have to say, in the Premier Division on Saturday. Mousel against Shepton Mallet. Um, that's a you know that's a fair old trip for Shepton, um, and I expect them to give Mousel a good game, although you would make the Cornish side the favourites in that one, I think it's fair to say. Now, Bitten, how will they respond to that defeat away at Tavistock. You'd expect something, but I think Millbrook will be stiff opposition for them. Bitten are at home, but that's where my interest's going on Saturday. Bitten versus Millbrook. That game will be competitive. Uh, in the first division, Tom, where's your attention drawn? That hmm. so you might even be there. <laughs> uh, it's I'm going to go for Devizes Wincanton. Uh, yeah, obviously Devizes now, well, hoping to put a winning streak together, uh, but they go come up against a... The Wincanton side, I think they've won five on the spin and beaten in, in close to two months. And I must say, they did, yeah, obviously, they're, they're going great guns. And that's also, uh, despite losing Toby Cole, uh, who obviously joined Welton uh, not that long ago and has been firing in goals for, 
for the top side. So to lose your main man and, and continue winning is a yeah sign of a good good outfit and a good strong strong uh, strong change in me, I think. So uh, yeah, good good potentially entertaining afternoon there for for yourself if if you're there on Saturday afternoon. Well, I've got an appointment with some Christmas lights, but I ah. will be home in the evening just in case anybody's tempted to rob my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, having stolen um, devices town from me in a rather cruel way, Tom, mm. I'm going to be going to another part of Wiltshire mm. where Warminster Town ent- entertain Oldland Abertonians. We we know how well Oldland have been doing um, this season. I know we talked about them um, losing a game um, I, you know, they don't lose too many. Now they're coming up against a side that's been doing incredibly well. I think, you know, they're a very well respected. Andy Crabtree is a very well respected manager. Warminster Town have become a very well respected first division side. So I think this is going to be a really competitive game and um, and well worth well worth a watch. So that's our roundup of the fixtures. Um, we're going to we're going to just wrap things up by having a little look at the leading goal scorers, Tom. And um, who are our you know who are our hot shots? So yeah, we're going to look at the league league only goals. So I must admit, if you if you're scoring in the cup, you might not get a shout out, but we will we'll endeavour to do so next time. Uh, but in terms of uh, league goals this season, we've got Dean Griffiths in the Premier Division. He's leading the way on 24. So he's uh, Bitten's Bitten's main man, so he's got 24. Uh, Tavistock's Liam Prin obviously scored the most important goal of the weekend uh, recently uh, for his side. He's on 23, uh, and uh, yeah, going great guns as we say. Uh, and also on 20, we have Jack Taylor of Bridgewater. So those three are the the, the hot shots in in the Premier Division. What what about our um, leading goal scorers in the First Division then, Tom? Down in the first, we've got Luke Bryan of Oddown, who keeps scoring. Pretty much uh, a goal a game for him, it feels like. Uh, he's on 22 for the Bath side, so that's a, a top spot for him at the moment. And then we've got quite a, a quite a big chasing pack. Oakland Buck of uh, Bishop Sutton, he's got 19 in the league. Uh, Bailey Croom of Tiverington, he's on 18. And then a couple of chaps on, on 16 as well. We've got Cameron, Bar- Cameron Brown of Lebec and uh, Jake Slocum, who's Welton's uh, top, top, top scorer this season. He's also on 16. So that's how it, it lies at the moment. Excellent stuff. Now, just before we go to our customary roundup with the old um, uh, where can you find the bulletin, um, <laughs> I will draw the listeners' attention to our um, Shop Western League campaign. It, you might you might have noticed it's December, so we are going to be um, we're, we're perilously close to Christmas. And if you do want to get that special football fan something to enjoy this Christmas, then why not shop local? Why not shop Western League? We've got a dedicated web page set up on our website that allows um, fans to browse the clubs that um, do provide online merchandise and um, hopefully make those purchases in time for the big day on the 25th of December. So um, we would push you to our website, uh, toolstationleague.com. You will see uh, on the new section a, um, a Shop Western League uh, a promotion. And, um, yeah, have a look, because if your side's on that, then why not? Why not buy a couple of things? Uh, for that person, that special Western League person in your life. Anyway, on that bombshell, we will, uh, of course, be um, be coming to you next week. But before then, uh, when, well, when we do, um, we will be reviewing the Tool Station Western League Bulletin, which is rather marvellous, and we have been discussing it this evening. And Tom, where can the listeners find that? That'll be on the uh, yeah the Tool Station League website. Uh, that comes out every every week, as you say. Uh, looking back and on the games that have just, just taken place over the weekend and, and got tables and, and leading scorers and whatnot. Um, and that is on the website, as I say, about halfway down the homepage where you can you can download that every week. 
Splendid. Tom, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation Western League podcast.